Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I was refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast, the special broadcast for November the 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2020. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this is hour one of, what, nine or so? You got it. Two hours this morning, literally five to seven hours of broadcasting tonight live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use straight ahead. We break it down just for you. This is a uh, freedom-loving fantastic. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time election. What? Night, day, day, night, night, eve. Wow. What do you call this thing? Wow. Election day is on, ladies and gentlemen. It is November 3rd, and we are live, and our goal always remaining the same. Simple, simple, simple. That is to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly, brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. One of the great restorative, peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips today. Can you imagine that? A couple of hundred years later, as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Yesterday, we were live for two hours. The archives are still available at LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word on-demand radio at your fingertips free. We had our guest on Mr. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org. And we talked about Ron Paul. Yes, indeed. A column was written by Lou Rockwell. Ron Paul, wisdom from a master, he talks about. He talks about how uh, Ron Paul promotes the master, even following the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Sadly, war is the ultimate government program. War has it all, says Lou Rockwell. Propaganda, censorship, spying, crony contracts, money printing, skyrocketing spending, debt creation, central planning, uh, everything we associate with the worst interventions into the economy imaginable. Yeah, they promote war, ladies and gentlemen, all the time. We talked about the Iraq War Diaries. It was over a 10-year period. Well, let me say this. It's been 10 years since. Truth is treason, says Ron Paul in his column about this. What are we talking about? Julian Assange. It's been 10 years since he released his treasure trove of information about how we promoted the Iraq War falsely, dishonestly, immorally. The purpose, ladies and gentlemen, of journalism should be to publish truths for the benefit of society. In a free society, folks, we must be informed of the criminal acts carried out by governments everywhere. In the name of the people, ladies and gentlemen, throughout history, journalists have uncovered the many ways governments lie, cheat, and steal. Are they about to lie and cheat and steal an election from us? Time will tell. We'll keep an eye on that ball just for you all broadcast long. I mean, just imagine the great lengths government goes to to keep the people from finding out the truth, folks. 
All right. So, for example, Julian Assange released over 400,000 classified U.S. Army field reports. And it shows in dirty detail that the U.S. attack was a war of aggression against Iraq based on lies where hundreds of thousands of civilians were killed and unnecessarily injured, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Those who lied us into war have not been prosecuted. They have not even been punished. Rather, they've been promoted and rewarded, ladies and gentlemen. What a tragedy. And poor Julian Assange published the Iraq War Diaries because he hoped to correct some of the attacks on truth that took place before the war and that have continued since that war continues. Ladies and gentlemen, journalism should not be a crime. Those criminals should be tried. Julian Assange is in prison and should be free. Another journalist, Glenn Greenwald, resigns from Intercept. They won't publish his articles. He literally helped find, he was a founder of the news organization, and now they shut him down and won't publish, so he quits. Utopia envisioned, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Socialist States of America. That's a column written by somebody who came to America hoping for freedom and finding out, oh, no, you're headed down the same road my country was when I left. Our prayers are for the greatest country on the face of the earth. I can tell you that right now. That was our One of Liberty Roundtable Live yesterday. Riveting broadcast, lovinglibertynet archives available for you. Second hour, Dr. Scott Bradley with us. His book and collegiate video series, To Preserve the Nation. That's To Preserve the Nation, available at freedomsrisingsun.com. And with Dr. Scott Bradley, we talked about the incredible article from Deseret News that Kirk Crosby was in. Big flags on big trucks. What these displays say about the upcoming elections. Trump supporting caravans are traversing cities around America. Why are they doing it was the question. Kurt basically says, because freedom is popular. Because people want liberty. Erica Evans writes the piece, and, and Kurt Cosby mentions, because people want to be part of something. It's a way for them to peacefully express themselves in a meaningful way. The article suggests that it's all about division, but Kurt and the founders or the organizers of the event say, uh-uh, it's about bringing people together. Amen to that. All right, when Joe Biden speaks, sadly, they always claim Trump assails everybody or assaults or, you know, whatever, everybody. Uh, Joe Biden does the same thing. The mainstream press just doesn't harp on it near as much, so it's not as, as easily identifiable. But here's the reality. When Biden speaks, he regularly insults Trump supporters. Last week, Biden called Trump supporters chumps. That's right. Now he calls Trump supporters ugly folks. Clinton does the same thing. She called us all deplorables. But see, they beat up President Trump over this over and over and over. And I really um, would like to contrast that behavior by all of them, if you will, in the swamp, to the comments made by Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints leader, one of the 12 apostles. His name is Elder Dallin H. Oaks. And he re repeats the call to root out racism. Uniting Christ. Don't spend time quarreling over the past but improving the future. And I say amen to that context. How do we be kinder to one another? More gentle. Can we disagree and still be kind and respectful? I think we can, and I think that's what we ought to really work 
towards and strive for. It's going to take a long time, though, folks. It's not something to just easily deal with, is it? All right, that's a recap of yesterday's show. Still available at LovingLiberty.net, LibertyRoundtable.com. Spread the word. Without further ado, news the networks refuse to use this fine, beautiful, sunny election day. It all starts now. Welcome, Kurt. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. I thought you were going to dial in from the polls this morning, sir. I thought you were going to, you know, give us a first glance at the live action. Mm-hmm. Well, the first glance at the live action, at least they say, is from what's called Dixville Notch, uh, which is this one little place where they go and, uh, you know, there's like five people in the whole town, and they go and vote real quick so that they can say, hey, our, here's our, you know, vote total uh, for you. And apparently all five of them voted for Biden, and uh, so, you know, that's, that's a headline for you. Does that so, make you feel good yeah. now? Feel like it's off to a good start? Well, I think it's a waste of time. Now, how many people voted for President Trump while those five voted for Biden that they're not covering, Kurt? Well, yeah, but that's just the one little, this one little place that they say is so important or, you know, whatever. It's grabbed grabbed headlines for years just because it's it votes right after 12.01, you know, 12 o'clock, you know, midnight, and then... Uh, you know, and then they report their numbers, and so then some reason people think that's cool and got to report it. But I just think, so what? You know, myself. But that's wow, it. all right. Well, I think a lot of people voted for President Trump while those five were making a big old heyday. It all depends on what you want to focus on, isn't it, Kurt? Yeah. And isn't that really the key? Where do you spend yep. your time focusing? And that's really where the mainstream press. In my opinion, is dishonest in their reporting. They don't cover both sides. We do. That's why we tell you about those five voting for Joe Biden. That's how they're kicking it off. But I believe a lot of people are standing up for President Donald Trump as we speak. All right, Kurt, you remember how we've talked about education quite a bit on the broadcast? And how we really believe that education is uh, under an incredible transformation, uh, reducing yes, costs, um, educating, learning from everywhere. Less expensive, without buildings, without the control of the government or the mainstream press. There's less and less and less control and more and more liberty in education. And it's not fast enough for us, but it's happening and we're delighted about it, right? Right. Well, on that note, if you will, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints runs an education program uh, through their Brigham Young University called BYU Pathway. And it's a worldwide program uh, if you don't know about it. You can learn about it if you want to, you know, just type in BYU Pathway, BYU-Pathway or whatever. Anyway, the point is the worldwide enrollment, Kurt, now surpasses 50,000 students, my friend. I thought that was pretty cool. That is very uh, nice, especially when you think of uh, the uh, facts about it, how it's just worldwide. It's made so that... uh, People anywhere can access that education, and uh, it's all done by a church. It's online, it's in person, and it's all inexpensive and a way for people to get a foothold in education everywhere. It's incredible. Hang tight.
The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheepherder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, we got so much hard-hitting talk radio today, it's not funny. Live in the morning, live in the evening, this is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. Why Operation Warp Speed is completely un-American, Kurt. Are we going to end up with a president, regardless of Biden or Trump, that's going to go ahead and uh, force or promote uh, Operation Warp Speed? Uh, are they going to force masks on anybody warp speed style, my friend? Sure seems like it, Sam. Yeah. I don't know what to think about that, but I think that this Operation Warp Speed is completely un-American. Government's basically funding with our tax dollars uh, vaccines that are supposedly to save us from everything. Man-made toxins, serums forced into your veins as the solution. We should be turning to God, shouldn't we? And whether it's a Donald Trump or Joe Biden, I think that the outcome in this regard, at least when it comes to vaccines, would be a, what, sixes vote? You think Donald would be more gentle about it than the Biden might, you know? Operation Warp yeah. Speed. I'm a little hesitant about Warp Speed, buddy. Let's just slow down and think about this for a minute, huh? I think they call it Warp Speed because at least the president said they planned to use the military to, you know, distribute things so that it gets done quickly. Uh, but um, at least I'm hopeful that it's a uh, voluntary program. I don't believe that. Kind of like the income tax, you know. Yeah, Democratic Governor Gretchen Gretchen Whitmer whacked out of her gourd. Michigan governor, quote, up to six months in jail. Six months in prison, I should say, if businesses don't surveil their customers. Western Journal, Brian Chai with a piece. 
Hello, how many in your party? And may I please have their full names and phone numbers? Yeah, that nightmarish phrase is going to be heard across Michigan, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as Governor whacked out Whitmer, Whit, yeah, Whitmer is going to do this, Kurt. Do you want to respond to this? I mean, I guess on one hand, we could just be glad uh, we don't live in this more state. more people are going to, you know, eat out, if you will, uh, eat out of the restaurant um, or just eat at home. You think? You know, I mean, yeah, uh, you think Uber Eats is powerful now, you know. You don't think they'll just um, mask up and just uh, hand the business card over or something? No. Oh, come on, Kurt. People don't like that kind of government intrusion, Sam. The one thing that you could say is there'll probably be a lot more um, empty space in, uh, which state was this, Michigan? Yes, sir. Is that right? Well, yeah, there'll that. be a lot more em empty space there now, so that then you could buy a house a lot cheaper, you know, and stuff. Although you wouldn't really want to move there, you know. I don't know, Kurt. I think a lot of people are loving it. Huh? I think a lot of people well, are I'm in. Not one of them. Yeah. You're not? No. I don't see why, Kurt. I just don't understand why you're kind of not, you know. Yeah. I'm just not going along with it, you know. Yeah, I, I hear that. Well, Governor, I, I should say, Anthony Fauci, uh, you know, told people on 60 Minutes not to wear masks, Kurt. And now we're supposed yep. to trust him when he says wear masks. Here he is just for reference. There's a lot of confusion among people and misinformation surrounding face masks. Can you discuss that? The masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Uh, right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, uh, inside uh, uh, there? Of course, of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. The people who, when you look at the films of foreign countries and you see 85% of the people wearing masks, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not against it. If you want to do it, that's fine. But it can lead to a shortage it, of masks. Exactly. That's the point. It could see. lead to a shortage of masks for the people who really need it. So there you have it, Kurt. Uh, you know, so that's what he said. But now we're supposed to just believe completely different. And all the experts, Kurt, if the, all the experts say we need masks, all the experts disagree with Fauci, don't they, Kurt? Well, at least um, in that audio, you you hear him say basically uh, that you know he's saying, "Hey, uh, I'm saying this especially because it would lead to a shortage of it, uh, as well as." people do it the wrong way, you know, so then you're probably going to hear people say, well, that means he's saying that if we have enough of them, you're, you should use them and uh, you should use them correctly. And here's 
here's how, and we're going to mandate that. You but know, my problem is if we don't need to be walking around with one, and Fauci said, I mean, the, the host even said, are you sure about this? Oh, yeah, I'm positive. I, you know what? You just don't need it. It might stop a droplet or something here or there, but it's not effective. It's not what people think it is. It's not. Okay. Now, how can that literally change on a dime? What somebody's going to do is come up to me and go, Sam, that was said like back in you know March or whenever it was said. And, you know, what about now? How does it all of a sudden change when the, quote, supposed top doctor, that's what they always tell us that he is, right? The top uh, doctor says that, and the host even says, are you sure? The host even kind of questions and goes, what, really? And it literally he doubles down and says it's just not necessary. Now, let me separate issues because you're, you're spot on on this, Kurt. Um, you don't need it. We need to leave masks for those who need them. We don't want a mask shortage. But the two issues are separate discussions. Either masks are helpful or they're not. Either they work or they don't. And that's separate from who needs them. So if you come out and honestly say, hey, I know that a mask will do incredible good. I know they really make a difference, but you can't wear one because there's people who need them more importantly than you do. And so, you know what, even though they could make a huge difference, we just can't provide enough masks for everybody. So don't wear one, not because it wouldn't do the job, but because then I would accept it. But you can't mix the two arguments together. You can't say they don't work and you don't need one and you shouldn't be wearing one because there's a shortage. After you've just told us they don't work and they don't do what people think they do. In other words, it's a, it's a quantum leap, an argument faux pas, to say the least, to suggest that, oh, you don't need one because they don't work and because uh, we'll have a shortage. The two are completely separate discussions, Kurt. There's a shortage and we need to make more is a good discussion. Okay, but a bad discussion says they don't work and you don't need them. But don't wear one because there's a shortage. So the problem with Fauci's logic is it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. And the problem with Fauci's logic is he was doubled down and asked, are you sure? And the answer was, no, I'm positive. You don't need it. Uh, you know what? It, it doesn't work. It doesn't do what you think it does. Okay, so they're, they're two separate issues, because if the masks work, there could be a shortage. And if the masks don't work, there could still be a shortage, right? But the two aren't the same argument at all. You've got to separate these discussion points. First, is there a shortage? Well, I don't see a shortage in masks. I see them everywhere, Kurt. Do you see a shortage in masks? By the way, if, you need, if there's a shortage in masks oh. somewhere, I've probably got a million masks I could sell you. Did you know that, Kurt? You've got a million. Ooh, yes, that's sir. That's a lot. I could probably sell you a million masks or so. So if there's a shortage, maybe Fauci ought to give me a ring, Kurt. But there's not a shortage. But that has nothing to do with the fact that either masks work or they don't work. They're either effective or they're not. And Fauci said they're not really effective. They don't provide the protection people think they do. And uh, they don't really make a difference. But if you want to wear one to make yourself feel better, that's fine. But it isn't doing what you think it's doing. It's not necessary in Americans. He didn't say, you know, they can do that. He said Americans should not be walking around with masks on. Now, Kurt, literally, how did that change on a dime within like a couple of weeks or a month? How did that instantly change? Answer? Mm. Only answer you can come up with? Somebody's lying somewhere. Either they were lying then, Fauci was lying then, or he's lying now. Yep. Or maybe he's got Alzheimer's like Joe Biden, Kurt, and he just can't remember what the heck's going on. I don't know what's mm. happening, but all I know is both can't be true, can they? Dr. Fauci, no. Fauci whatever you call the guy. On 60 Minutes, you don't need a mask. 
Now, by the way, for the latest Trump rallies, folks are running around going, fire Fauci, fire Fauci. That's the big crowd pleaser now. Last time it was lock up Hillary. Uh, we locked up Hillary, didn't we, Kurt? No. Not. Do you think we're going to fire Fauci, Kurt? I hope so. I pray so, too, but I don't, I don't see it. And even if we do, what good will it do? Again, if you say that everybody agrees that masks are important, everybody disagrees with Fauci then, don't they? Fauci disagrees with Fauci, doesn't he? Yeah. We're going to talk about Twitter playing games, ladies and gentlemen, with regards to the corona. It's all because of the COVID, don't you know? Quick pause, same curtain seconds. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The general election is underway in America. Stacey Washington with Black Voices for Trump tells Fox and Friends the president's actions will get him reelected. His plans have already worked for four years, and they will work for four more years. So we're seeing enthusiasm and a positive response to the president's message, and I think that's going to mean a win for us tonight. Democrat nominee Joe Biden will have two visits in Pennsylvania Tuesday. We're done with the chaos. We're done with the racism. We're done with the tweets, the anger, the hate, the failure, the irresponsibility. It's the man who, when the first black woman running for vice president, he looks at her and he calls her a monster. President Trump had 10 rallies in two days. This guy is a stone-cold phony. Joe is has no clue, okay? Just... Joe's, Joe's not, he's not calling the shots. And I guarantee he won't be calling him for very long. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so cool. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Nearly 100 million Americans have already voted. The big question is, will we know the results election night? That is the $64,000 question. Each state has different rules on when it's allowed to actually start counting those ballots. That is going to produce results coming in at different times. In some places, election officials can begin processing ballots weeks before Election Day. Some states didn't start counting until Tuesday. So unless it's a major blowout, we probably won't know the results for days, if not weeks. Some results are in USA Radio News' Dan Naraki. Dixville Knox, New Hampshire, has traditionally held the first vote in the country for every presidential election since 1960. The tiny community near the Canadian border was a clean sweep for former Vice President Joe Biden, taking all five of the town's votes. Twelve miles to the south in Millsfield, another midnight vote was held with President Donald Trump winning the community 16 votes to five. 
The rest of the state and its four electoral votes will be determined after polls close at 7 p.m. Eastern. USA Radio News. All right, so Fauci said no need for masks, ladies and gentlemen, on 60 Minutes. I don't know if he's got a credibility crisis or what, but now, Kurt, Twitter's in the news. Well, that's right, Sam. And uh, the headline from Breitbart, uh, shared with several other places, says uh, Twitter removes tweet from top Trump coronavirus advisor saying masks don't work. And uh, when you read in to the story uh, talks about a now deleted tweet posted by Dr. Scott Atlas um, uh, as you mentioned according to NBC News it read mask work question mark no um, and then uh, says uh, who the who says uh, widespread use not supported um, but um, he says he wrote in a second tweet that the right policy is Trump's guideline Use masks for their intended purpose when close to others, especially high risk. Otherwise, social distance, no widespread mandates. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, the at least uh, part of the story says as the election draws closer, Twitter has taken a more aggressive approach to removing tweets related to the coronavirus or voting, especially from members of the Trump administration. The website has placed a warning label on several Trump tweets over the past few months. Other social media giants like Facebook have also censored Trump's communications. Earlier in the month, Facebook removed a post in which Trump compared coronavirus to getting the flu, Sam. Well, here's the problem. uh, So let me get this right then. Dr. Scott Atlas agrees with uh, Tony Fauci and uh, they destroyed uh, Dr. Atlas's tweet? And, uh, you know, of course, uh, Twitter has taken upon itself to, uh, you know, basically uh, censor things, right, Sam? So that's the way I see that. Yeah, I just uh, find it fascinating. So uh, Tony Fauci, um, you know, he has Scott Atlas agree with him and says masks don't work. And then they shut down uh, Atlas and say that he's not credible, that he falsely claims masks don't work and da-da-da-da-da. Where do the media get off instructing a doctor, Kurt? Where well, does, where does Twitter get more knowledge than the doctor? The means, it's know, a lie, folks, right? and it's got to be stopped, and we're here to expose it. By the way, Scoop Stanton, who will be with us live tonight for the uh, Political Roundtable 5-plus hour broadcast starting at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. He just voted. He's on your radio to tell you about it. Welcome, sir. Hey, thank you very much. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Kurt. And good morning, Liberty Roundtable family. Uh, I just voted my uh, district in the People's Republic of Northern Virginia. And surprisingly, they had lots of poll workers. Um, it had to come under the mask. It had the little stupid screen that doesn't uh, do anything. Show your ID. And in Virginia, you had to show your ID. I tell them who I was, and I filled in the, the ballot, and I voted. And half the ballot was nothing but bond issues. For whatever reason, just like any Democratic uh, jurisdiction, they love to spend money. It's like the county shall borrow money. The county shall borrow money. I, of course, I voted for no on all of them as a taxpayer. But anyways, I did uh, place my vote for Donald J. Trump and Mike Pence. So 
We'll find out tonight. All right. Any uh, civil unrest at the polls, or is it too early for everybody to go ballistic? Uh, well, most of, most of the people are at work right now, um, those who do have jobs. Um, a lot of, uh, I'd say, retired people that were uh, coming to the polls since everybody else uh, probably voted early going to work. But uh, we will find out tonight. Uh, down in the District of Columbia, like every other big city, is boarded up. Um, like for a hurricane. I wish I invested some balsa wood. So um, tonight I will be at GOP headquarters uh, at uh, 9 o'clock. After 9 o'clock Eastern, that would be about 6 o'clock mountain time. And I will be in downtown D.C. Hopefully nothing happens as I'm driving my beautiful automobile through the District of Columbia. All right. So let me ask you then, is everything boarded up? In in downtown D.C., yes. But where I live, uh, where they have open carry laws, it is not boarded up because the people are coming from the suburbs going into D.C. to uh, get ready to riot. In fact, on the local uh, news talk station here, uh, some group, they call themselves Stand Up D.C., said they will protest. They're going to protest uh, uh, during the election and then. After the results, they're going to—they don't know what they're going to do. So people are. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What, what do you mean you're going to protest um, the election? What if it turns out the way you want? Are they still going to protest? That I don't know, but they're going to gather somewhere in Northwest DC uh, and watch the uh, uh, election results. But I got a funny feeling that this group, uh, just like Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all these other losers, will uh, have uh, plenty to uh, uh, riot about, even though. Um, uh, Biden will carry the District of Columbia and probably Virginia and Maryland also. Wow. All right. Our prayers are with you, brother. Be safe. We'll talk to you tonight. Yes, sir. There he goes. The scoop voted. Kurt, you haven't voted yet, have you? Yes, I have. The scoop with the scoop, uh, Sam. And, you voted uh, too? You know. Yeah, I dropped it off in one of those uh, ballot boxes in the uh, beautiful little town of Pleasant Grove. You were afraid of the civil unrest, weren't you? Mm, not really. My no. wife just wanted me to get it done, so. Yeah. Um, we did that. All right, there you have it. Twitter removing tweet from top Trump advisor Scott Atlas because he said yeah. masks don't work. They said that's a lie, mm-hmm. but that's what Anthony Fauci said on 60 Minutes, too. Yep. We need to remove Fauci then. All right, an Oregon man, a guy from Oregon, received what, 37 unemployment checks, Kurt? In a day, he got, he did pretty good that day, didn't he, Kurt? Doesn't this make you think of those, uh, you know, stories where it's like, boy, some con man um, sent in, you know, all these different tax forms and got like, Eighty-five billion dollars to one address from, you know, um, some uh, what false payments from the IRS. Remember those kind of stories, Sam? Yes, sir. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you're thinking, uh, let's see, if I was a guy, maybe uh, after about two hundred of them, you'd go, mm, I think there might be something fishy going on here. But anyway, yeah, the headline. Well, not if you're just uh, so Breitbart delighted about says, cashing the checks. Yeah, Oregon man received 37 unemployment checks in a day worth more than 14 grand. Uh, uh, Catherine Rodriguez writes this piece as thousands of Oregon residents, she says, wait to receive their unemployment benefits in the mail. One man received twice the amount he was supposed to obtain from the Oregon Employment Department in the form of 37 checks. Uh, you got 37 checks. Uh, is I guess he applied for the benefits under the CARES Act. 
He previously applied for benefits um, and was denied because he didn't qualify for traditional unemployment. No, he was you just got a special 37 check checks. plan. Yeah, he was surprised to receive the checks after waiting around months, three months for the money. These are all the checks, and it's a little over fourteen grand worth of checks. Each check has its own check number, so it's not like they're duplicates. They're all good checks, he told K-O-I-N. They define, uh, coin. wait, coin? See, that's yeah, one of those anomalies I tell you about. This just strange. You got, what, coin right. TV or good coin point. radio reporting on this thing? But yeah. what I don't understand is when he says I they're all good checks. Coin. What does that mean, Kirk? Yeah, they're all good course. checks? <laughs> yeah, Mark was told that he was overpaid twice the amount of money and could only keep half of it. Uh, he was reportedly told that he was not the first case where the Oregon De- Employment Department overpaid some residents. He said, I could I got put the them solution. all in the bank, but I'm not going to. I don't want the trouble, but I've waited so long for the checks now. I get the checks and I can't use them? Hmm. Um, Poor guy. The guy, uh, the interim director of the Oregon Employment Department said that it was certainly possible more people have been overpaid. Mm. What do you think, Sam? I think it's kind of like this rapper boasted about getting rich. Sure. It's a little bit like that guy. Yeah, good point. Uh, the headline there, uh, as you said, rapper who boasted about getting rich off $1.2 million in unemployment. He's arrested now, Sam, so... But why? Uh, I don't. Have you gotten a one point two million dollar unemployment check? No, I never uh, have. But let me tell you something. This rapper is no different than Joe Biden, Kurt. Joe Biden rapped, you know, and uh, kind of went off and said the son of a b. And I got these guys fired, and we got all this cash rolling, and you don't get any of it, and everything dollars, else, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This rapper's name is Nuke Bizzle. Uh, you're probably familiar with his music. I'm not. I don't know saying, about Nuke anyway. Bizzle. Kurt. Um, anyway, uh, he's got a real name for real life, uh, but he boasted in a YouTube music video about getting rich from committing unemployment benefits fraud, the Justice Department said. Uh, he was arrested for allegedly obtaining California employment development uh, debit cards issued in other people's names, including those who had their identities stolen. Uh, he's originally from Memphis, Tennessee, he got his hands on at least 92 EDD. I don't know what that stands for, but anyway, the debit cards um, containing more than $1.2 million in benefits. I had those cards mailed out to addresses in Beverly Hills and Koreatown. Uh, anyway, he's a con man, con in your con government. Uh, Sam? Yeah, the problem with the government is they don't like con competitors, Kurt. Quick pause. Stevie Nicks in the news in seconds on your radio. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. 
Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to defendapatriot.com. Defendapatriot.com. How many times do I have to tell you? I swear, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Don't you understand English? Your children are probably too polite to tell you. Hello? Those things on the side of your head aren't turnips. But they get just as frustrated when you won't listen to them as you do when they won't listen to you. Do I need to speak slower? In fact, few things show children how much they're valued and respected more than a parent's willingness to listen. Tell me what she did at work today. Studies show when parents listen, children develop better listening skills themselves. They also tend to have more self-confidence and are more likely to avoid alcohol and drugs. Now sit down here and tell me all about it. When you really listen, love is what they'll hear. Thank you for sharing that with me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. She says, who am I to keep you down, Kurt? Let's talk about that point a little bit, shall we? Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, the story from Breitbart, written by Elena Mastran- Mastrangelo, I guess is how you say her name. And the headline reads, Stevie Nicks, that's the music you were listening to, colon, there'd be no Fleetwood Mac if I had not had that abortion. Yeah, uh, and so she says, I guess, in an interview with The Guardian, that, uh, hey, um, I'm pretty sure there would have been no Fleetwood Mac. Um, she said she she ended her unborn child's life in 1979 while she was dating Don Henley of the Eagles. Uh, There's just no way that I could have had a child then, she said, working as hard as we worked constantly and there were a lot of drugs. I was doing a lot of drugs. I would have had to walk away. I don't know, walk away from the drugs, walk away from the music. I'm not All sure. All the above, anyway, Yeah, she felt that the music we were going to bring to the world was much more important than the life of her own flesh and blood. Ooh, and I knew rough. that music, yeah. I knew that the music we were going to bring to the world was going to heal so many people's hearts and make yes. people so happy. It's not I the thought, heart of her you baby. You know what? That's really important. There's not another band in the world that has two lead women singers, two lead women writers. That was my world's mission. And I would simply say she's mistaken, Sam. Well, and I would come back and say this. My prayers are with her. I don't mean to mock this. It's a sad, uh, in my opinion, um, viewpoint to have. Um, you know, and I, I pray for her and hope that she changes her mind someday. 
you know, I, I pray for her soul and pray for her, um, you know, what a, what a difficult challenge. But you know what? Our prayers are with her nevertheless. This is an example where, hey, we're not here to revile against and, and kick someone when they're down. Um, we're here to uh, say, hey, you know what? Our hope is that, uh, that her life changes, that she can, uh, in my opinion, hold sacred things sacred and prize things of great importance. Singapore feels differently as well, Kurt. Well, that's right. Singapore, uh, you know, maybe it's kind of connected to that yeah, there you music go. one, you know. But anyway, uh, as a country, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, this happens to be a CNN piece, which is kind of unusual for us. But anyway, Singapore will pay citizens to have a baby. Yeah, uh, during the pandemic, uh, Rob Pichetta is the author. And uh, according to their London uh, base, uh, they're going to offer one-time payment to aspiring parents. Uh, country's deputy prime minister said the incentive would help reassure people who face financial pressure and are worried about their jobs. Uh, we've received feedback that COVID-19 has caused some aspiring parents to postpone their parenthood plans. Uh, he told lawmakers, um, he says it's fully understandable, especially when they face uncertainty with their income. He said the payment would help parents with expenses, but he did not confirm how much would be paid out. Um, and uh, they say the fertility rate there now stands at just 1.14 births per woman. According to the national statistics, that places it level with Hong Kong, according to the World Bank. Uh, only South Korea and the U.S. territory of Puerto Rico have lower rates for a country to naturally repopulate itself, you know, still not lose people. Uh, women must have 2.1 babies on average, uh, though most developed countries are now below that level. So hold on, when we say must have 2.1 babies, that's for replacement levels. I know people would be like, well, how do you have a 0.1 baby? You don't. We're just telling you that women have to have at least three babies. Consistently, yeah. some have three, some have one and a half. You know, no, or, come on, Kurt. This isn't the Bible well, where they try to cut the baby in half. This is I serious, know, Kurt. Kid. Yeah, good people don't understand the two point one baby thing. They're like, how does that work? Well, the answer is women <laughs> need to have three babies because when, when mortality yeah. is is fleeting at times, then you know yeah. what? All the babies don't live to adulthood and adulthood, excuse me, and have the ability to to uh, procreate and reproduce and such like that. And as a, as a reality is, it takes more than two babies to replace yourself is the point that we're getting at. Yep. And so uh, this is serious business. This is not a joke. And Singapore does understand this, and so they want to pay citizens to have a baby during the pandemic. Now, I'm not really for paying to have babies or whatever, but I at least get that you know people feel differently across the world about this, and I hope we can really stand for the pro-life issue. And I believe if Trump, Trump wins, he should make his next four years the most pro-life four years our nation's ever seen. That would be my prayer. Yep. All right, Ice Cube's in the news, Kurt. we got a bunch of uh, uh, famous people to talk about. We talked about a rapper that was famous. We talked about this Oregon man who I guess became famous. We talked about yep. Stevie Nicks. Now Ice Cube's in the news, Kurt. That's another rapper name, right? Right, and uh, he's a real cool guy, you know what I mean? Ice Cube. Uh, Almost got But anyway... Him. Colin, uh, CNN canceled my interview amid news that I worked with Trump on an economic plan for black Americans. Uh, I guess he's a rapper and what they call the Big Three Basketball League founder. Never heard of Big Three Basketball League, but anyway. He has accused CNN of canceling an upcoming interview. 
because he was working with President Trump, you know. I mean, he just couldn't, couldn't uh, you know, put that on there. Uh, but uh, he, his accusation comes after he revealed that he, he, the Trump campaign implemented part of his contract with black America, while Democrats blew him off, um, allegedly telling him that they would address the issue after the election. Uh, the Trump campaign confirmed Ice Cube's assertion a statement to Breitbart News, uh, adding that Democrats are taking the black vote for granted. Uh, Trump officials reached out to Ice Cube after he posted his contract with Black America and incorporated some of his ideas and thoughts into the Platinum Plan. Um, anyway, so there you go. It looks like uh, Ice Cube is pretty cool. Well, here's what I find fascinating about this story, Kurt. They always say that, oh man, you know, the Republicans won't listen to anybody. They're just single party. They're moving ahead without any input from the Democrats. They're moving ahead without any working together. It's not bipartisan like it should be. It's just a railroad job by the Republicans. And now what you have is a rapper who says, hey, I'm going to see if President Trump will work with me. President Trump says, absolutely, sure. And they work together on a plan. Now, I'm not really fond of this plan because I think it rewards the few at the expense of the many. It pulls the level of government in the favor, the lever of government in the favor of the few at the expense of the money. So many. So I, I kind of reject the whole I, the premise of this, which working with Trump on an economic plan for black Americans. What about an economic plan for all Americans? But that's another topic. But I, anyway, but then what happens is this guy tries to work with him and now he's getting nothing but attacked. All right, CNN just simply shuts down the interview and says, we're not even going to work with you anymore because you worked with President Trump. But yet, don't they complain that we don't work together, Kurt? It's kind of like how they complain white Americans are afraid to talk about race. Me and James Edwards talk about race all the time. I talk about race with white people and black people and everybody. Everywhere I go, I try to help people understand that we're all God's children and we should behave like it. I'm not afraid of the race question. I think anything done in the name of race that was divisionary and exclusionary and supremacist-like and everything else is wrong. And I think we should treat each other kindly and respectfully and nobly and as, as the godly children that we all are with godly heritage and, 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 and divine parentage and such like this. Okay, I'll take on that race discussion with anybody, but they run around and tell you, oh, whites won't talk about race. And then if I try to get on CNN and talk about it, they're like, oh, no, not you. I find it fascinating. All right, Howard Stern Nears deal, Kurt. Well, that's right, Sam. And uh, in this case, uh, it's a, talking about a deal with Sirius XM. I, I suppose he's serious, serious about it, buddy. but anyway, uh, that's right. Um, for around 120 million a year, um, you know, there's just not much money into uh, big media, is there, Sam? You know, depends on who you are. For me, there's not any money in it. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> That's but if you're Howard Stern and you want to be a shock jock and you want to go into, you know, virtual pornography on the air and everything, no problem. There's plenty of cash, bro. Yeah, they say the amount would exceed his previous contracts, which topped out at roughly $80 million to $100 million. Lucas Shaw writes the piece. Um, his contract with Sirius expires at the end of December. 66 years old guy. Uh, he's yeah. been negotiating a fresh deal for the better part of the year. Nothing like a fresh deal. Um, all right, yeah. Michael Savage in the news. He's leaving radio January 2021. Kurt, he's out at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, I guess Michael's sick. you expect sick, he'll Kurt? just... Well, yeah, that's right. He's at least the uh, programs I've listened to him. 
they told him he's supposed to just take it easy so he's like on monday wednesday and friday or whatever like that you know but um yeah that's what i understand uh, according to breitbart um they'll um as of the early next year savage will be heard exclusively on his podcast um all right and, so there uh, you have it everybody's moving to podcasting and jettisoning traditional radio and tv candace cameron buer i guess same thing for her huh kurt she's out but for a good reason in a way well that's right she says uh, and i guess she was on daytime talk uh back in 2016 but she she said she'd rather share jesus with people than return to the view so you know that's um very positive, huh? Yes, indeed. Kim Kardashian wins a Spotify podcast as well, Kurt. Well, that's right. Uh, I guess they say uh, the deal, they struck a licensing deal worth more than $100 million with Joe Rogan, and now they're working on uh, some type of deal with uh, her. I don't know what the deal's going to be, but I suppose it'll be pretty good-sized money, you know? What do you think? Oh, it'll be big money. Right? I mean, Kim's a, whether you agree with this or like this or not, I mean, she's a, um, what would the word be? Household word. Yeah, a household word, a famous person, a prize to get, kind of a thing for Spotify. Spotify recently struck a licensing deal worth more than $100 million with Joe Rogan, as you mentioned. Um, that's huge, in my opinion. And Spotify's really trying to ink deals with all kinds of people because they're really trying to get um, to where they're not just focused on music only. It's kind of what the deal is with that, right? And kids are picking pro uh, porn like pros, aren't they, Kurt? Yeah, Sam. I was just like, picking how porn do you like do pros? that oh. exactly? Uh, but anyway, well, that's the headline from WorldNet Daily Staff. Uh, says, picking porn like a pro in no time. Parents warned about explicit sex ed. Subheadline, how quickly your once in innocent child can be corrupted at school. Yeah. Well, hey. Tough stuff. Sam. What do you expect, folks? Anyway, the bottom line is they say that kids are learning to pick porn like pros on what? YouTube and some of these places, Kurt? I guess so, Sam. Picking, like, picking porn like a pro in no time. Parents warned about, quote, explicit sex ed. Wow. Ouch. At government school, there you have it. What do you expect? All right, hour one on the can, hour two coming up. We're going to be live this evening for a long time, baby. Breaking down coverage with all kinds of guests and newsmakers and talent, internal talent, um, you know, giving commentary and providing uh, updates and details and perspective on election 2020. Hour one on the can, hour two coming up. Sam and Kurt, Patrick Simmons will be with us in seconds. God save the republic. LovingLiberty.net. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Wow, hard hitting talk at your fingertips. This is the broadcast for November the 3rd in the year of our Lord 2020. It is an historic election day. This is the second hour. November 3rd, 2020. 
That's the year of our Lord, 2020, I might add. Who's going to win? Are we going to have election results tonight? The questions are endless. We are live two hours this morning, and we're going to be live for five-plus hours tonight for election coverage as it unfolds on your radio. All right. Uh, Patrick Simmons with us, righttowork.org. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thanks, Sam. Good to be back. I suppose you don't want to talk about the elections, huh? <laughs> I'm glad to talk about them. No, no we've got a, really? Woo. A very stark contrast on the ballot. Uh, there is a lot of there. races. Let's talk yeah, about absolutely. that a little bit. Let's talk about the contrast. What are the? Give me the core quote contrasting issues, shall we? Well, sure. I mean, uh, you know, on on our issue on right to work, um, it it couldn't be more clear. We have uh, Donald Trump uh, has said publicly, uh, if the National Right to Work Act were put on his desk, he would sign it into law. And, and he uh, said it on more than one occasion, right? Yeah, he did that. He he returned the National Right to Work Committee survey uh, in 2016. He did that in the primaries. He did that early. Um, it wasn't a a late kind of. You know, sure up the base move. He he did that. Um, uh, you know, before a lot of the other uh, primary candidates back then signed on, um, and the National Right to Work Act would, of course, make it so that uh, no American could be forced to pay dues uh, or fees to a union as a condition of getting or keeping a job. Very simple. It's a one-page bill that repeals the parts of federal law that authorize forced union dues. Um, so. On one side, there's Donald Trump, and there's other positions he's taken on the issue, but that's, that gives you a, a good sense of, of where he's at. Um, and then you've got uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who are both uh, strong supporters of the so-called PRO Act. They call it the Protecting the Right to Organize Act. It's very cynically named because a lot of their legislation uh, is. But um, what it really does, and of course anyone can, can join a union voluntarily, that's uh, protected by the First Amendment, but what they're talking about is forcing everyone to pay. And one of the key provisions of the PRO Act, there's many, it's a veritable laundry list of, of uh, giveaways to union bosses, but the key provision um, is that it would wipe out by federal fiat all 27 state right-to-work laws. Um, and uh, it does a whole lot of other very terrible things. Uh, there's card checks so that unions can organize workers uh, with, you know, and go around the secret ballot election. Um, it takes uh, a bill out of California called AB5 that basically uh, was is designed to force Uber and Lyft drivers to be employees so they can be unionized and forced to pay dues. Um, but the biggest provision by far is uh, wiping out 27 state right-to-work laws, uh, doing it from Washington, D.C., uh, because they're very popular in the states where they're passed. Uh, they pass them and they, they basically never repeal them uh, because people understand um, it's right. People should be uh, allowed to join a union, pay dues if they want, but no one should be forced, no one should be fired for not paying money to a union. Um, and yet uh, the, the Biden-Harris uh, position on this issue is eliminate the 27 right-to-work laws, which would force millions more workers uh, into the condition where they can be fired just for, pay, uh, for refusing to pay dues to a union. This is serious, serious business indeed, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, Connecticut state employees are asking the U.S. Supreme Court a very interesting question. Patrick? Yeah, so this is, uh, this is an issue that comes out of the, uh, the 2018 uh, Janus decision. Uh, people may remember in, uh, in June 2018, the U.S. Supreme Court gave all public employees in the country essentially the rights that a right-to-work law has. Uh, they can pay dues 
to a union voluntarily, but it violates the First Amendment to force them to have the government say, in order to have your job, you have to subsidize union speech. Um, now, the question is, all these millions of or hundreds of thousands of workers uh, who were non-members before Janus, they had all this money taken from them. The Supreme Court has already said this violates your First Amendment rights to have this money taken. Uh, the question is now, uh, are they going to get any of it back? You know, they're the victims. That's very clear. Uh, union bosses have the money. A lot of it's been spent, but they're collecting more every day. Should they have to refund money that unions took from public employees in violation of the First Amendment? Um, and this case is one of six currently pending for uh, brought by National Right to Work Foundation staff attorneys um, at the U.S. Supreme Court uh, on that very question. Um, they're from all over. This one's from Connecticut. There's two cases from uh, Illinois, including Mark Janus himself, the, the plaintiff in the historic case uh, that established that this is a First Amendment issue and a First Amendment violation when a government employee is forced to pay dues. Um, and then also uh, another case out of Ohio. Uh, but we estimate across the country uh, there's 30 or 40 cases. A lot of them are class action lawsuits. We're talking about $100 million, maybe two, $300 million in dues uh, that were taken from non-members. These are people who already said, look, I don't want to be a member of the union, um, even when they so could when be we, forced to pay some taken money. When we say from yeah. non-members, though, we've got to use the word stolen. Because, look, yeah. if I'm not a member and you take my money, I know that unions have been given, quote, special privilege at the trough for a long time. But not after Janice and not after the the reality check here. It's literally stolen money. Right. I mean, it's, there's no question. Stolen in violation of their constitutional rights. Uh, and uh, so now we're, we're fighting for that money back uh, for, you know, tens of thousands of workers across the country in, um, I think, uh, nearly 20 cases that, that we've brought. And there's other um, uh, workers who've, who are have their own lawsuits. And so this is, uh, this is a big issue. Um, and they continue to stack up, like I said, six, I think six cases currently, uh, more on the way to the Supreme Court. Some of them are fully briefed. Uh, there's been some um, thought that uh, with uh, the new justice, Amy Coney Barrett, there now, um, maybe, uh, you know, she, the last conference at the Supreme Court, every, every week or two they have a conference where they look at the pending petitions and decide which cases they're going to take and which they aren't. Um, they take only a very small percentage of them, but... Um, you know, uh, an issue this important where you start to have four, five, six cases all coming to the Supreme Court on the same issue usually makes it more likely. And uh, I think um, we're hopeful that uh, that with her there um, and, of course, uh, Justice Alito, who, who wrote the Janus decision um, and has been a champion on these issues, and um, the other justices who signed on to Janus, that, that there's going to be um, an eagerness for the court to step in and say, no, no, when we said this violated the First Amendment, we meant it. And unions cannot profit, union bosses cannot profit from the violation of the constitutional rights of those they claim to represent but clearly don't because they've been system, you know, systematically violating those rights uh, for decades. So, very important issue. All right, right this minute, I guess Joe Biden's sitting at home. <clears throat> but Donald Trump's in Michigan. Michigan being a, not only a battleground state for sure, but a serious state regarding unions. They don't have a right to work there, do they? Uh, Michigan does have a right to work. It, it passed. Oh, uh, that's because right, they just got right it done a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, it. Uh, they did. It was. Uh, it's one of those um, classic, you know, uh, union overreach that 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 backfires on them. This was the uh, the union, primarily the UAW, 
said they, they saw right to work coming. They saw Indiana had just passed right to work, their neighbor, um, and they were worried. Uh, Wisconsin was talking about passing right to work. Um, you know, you've got uh, Kentucky and, and West Virginia hadn't yet, but were was clearly coming there, and they were worried. Uh, and they said, let's put it on the we'll, – we'll, we'll change the constitution of the state of Michigan to make it prohibited for us ever to have a right to work law. And they did that, and what happened? The worker or voters presented with two choices, you know, permanently force workers to pay dues or, or not. They rejected it, and suddenly a lot of the Republicans who were on the fence, they said, you know, I don't know, this is – I support right to work, but I'm not sure that now is the time to do it, that kind of stuff. Suddenly they said, well, look, we just got a mandate from the voters. They rejected forced dues when it was on the ballot, um, and then they ended up passing right to work uh, in Michigan. Um, and uh, – now, that doesn't mean it's, it's fully enforced in Michigan. The National Right to Work Foundation has had about 150 cases uh, since 2012. So let me stop you there. Ladies and gentlemen, this effect. is how criminal the government can get at times. So they pass a right to work law by the voters, by the people here, against the union. And it should stand on its own. But no, it's challenged by government at every turn in bed with unions. And now you have, what, 150-plus lawsuits to try to make them obey the law? Yeah, that the unions have, you know, they've got all these little tricks. This is one and state, ladies everything. and gentlemen. One state. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. And Yeah, no, and it's, uh, I mean, Michigan is, is worse than, than most states in terms of the amount of enforcement action uh, needed. But we, we see this uh, everywhere, you know, when a new right to work law passes, um, workers find out about it and they go to their union or they go to their employer and they say, hey, I, you know, we're right to work now, I want out, and inevitably they're told, oh, you, you got to wait for this or you didn't check the right box and now you're stuck in for another two years or uh, you got to present an ID in person if you want to come, you know, come to the union hall, present your ID in person, and then maybe we'll let you out. Um, and we see all these sorts of things and, and uh that's why you end up with 150 cases in Michigan and, and dozens in other states when new right to work laws pass, uh, because it's um, you know union bosses. If you don't force them to to obey the law, they will uh, they'll trample it um, and ignore it uh, just to get more dues money uh, in their pocket. And and we're seeing right now, um, you know, uh, I think we saw 150 million dollars. The SEIU said it's spending in Florida right now, purely on on the election. Um, that's why they are so eager to collect these dues, because they've got big plans for it. And it's not necessarily about doing anything for uh, workers on the on the shop floor. It's about taking over Washington, D.C. with that money. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Patrick Simmons, org on your radio. When we come back, I want to highlight the states that are not right-to-work states for a minute, because interestingly enough, we'll talk about how that relates to the election and some of the battleground states and some of the details. The contrast could not be more clear, as Patrick wisely points out. Quick pause. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. 
That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Election Day coverage, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick Simmons, RightToWork.org, riding shotgun today on your radio. I want to cover some of these states that are not right-to-work states. What do you call them when they're not right-to-work? Uh, forced dues states, forced unionism states. All right. You can call them forced dues states, or you can just say lay around, lazy states. Let's just not work at all if we don't have the right to work. Let's just lay down and say, hey, we have a right not to work, don't we, Patrick? Yeah, well, unions have a right to put you out of work. That's that's for sure in a forced due state. Do I have a right not to work? Just say, hey, man, I don't live in a right to work state, therefore I'm just not going to work. I expect a check. What if I were to sue and try to get that and say, hey, you know what? I don't even live in a right to work state. I don't even have a right to work anymore. And so, therefore, I just want a check, man. Well, that uh, I don't think you would have that right, but that's that's not that's not exactly uh, our what we're talking about when we talk about right to work laws. I understand, but it does demonstrate the yeah. absurd by being absurd, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the point. And, and the absurdity of this is, ladies and gentlemen, it should be a given that you have a right to work is the point. It should be a given that you have the right to freely associate with who you choose uh, and spend your money where you feel best. That's really the re- real key here. I demonstrate the absurd by going over the top to make the point, though. But it, it's amazing how we accept this in how many states left? How many are There's not? 27 right to work states. So 23 plus the District of Columbia don't have right to work laws. Wow. Or be fired. For not paying dues in those oh, states. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of those 23. Are they battleground states? Uh, quite a few of them are, yeah. Um, there's, uh, I mean, certainly, I mean, everyone talks about Pennsylvania, obviously. Um, you know, besides that, Ohio would definitely come into sort of battleground state. Yes. I don't know if would we count uh, would we count Colorado as a battleground I state. I think so. Maybe in Minnesota. fact, some are saying it's going to end up with Colorado as the decision maker. Now, I don't believe that's true, but some are speculating that to be the case even, believe it or not. So Colorado, Minnesota? Yeah. Uh, I said Ohio, Missouri. Uh, You know, besides that, you get... You know the one that surprises me, though, is Missouri. You would think those folks would be, um, I don't know what you call it, but scrappy enough to reject that in about two seconds, wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, they uh, actually, Missouri's tough. Missouri passed a right-to-work law, but they have a weird uh, thing in their constitution where if you get enough signatures, uh, and union bosses spent enough money to get the signatures. You can you can hold the work law from going into effect, even though it's been signed by the governor, passed into law. 
Um, and then, uh, so they put it on the ballot, and then the union bosses spent, I think, f- so it means five the, or ten times as much are, money. They're kind of judge, yeah. jury, and executioner there, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it makes it, you know, you can you can get, you elect the people who, who promise to do right to work, and then it, it still gets overridden. Um, and, and, you know, of course, unions are, are spending forced dues to defend their forced dues powers. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's what happened uh, in Missouri the last time. But but it's also interesting, I think a, a lot of the new right-to-work states um, are battleground as well. I mean, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin are, are two obviously uh, key states, and those are, those are right-to-work states. Those are states that have become right-to-work in the last decade. Um, and so uh, it's, it's an interesting uh, contrast for sure. But, but I think definitely people, you know, in, in other key right-to-work states that, that, are, that are considered, you know, the sort of in swing states or, or however, you know, certainly Florida would, would fit into that. Uh, North Carolina, they're saying now, is, you know, uh, Michigan and Wisconsin we talked about already. I mean, these are all states that have right-to-work laws. Some of them have had right-to-work laws on the books since uh, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. Um, it's clearly worked out well for them. It's become part of, um, you know, what makes the state uh, not only protecting freedom for the workers, but it's it's a driver of economic development, Um you know, companies say they, they, a lot of companies won't even consider a state that's not a right-to-work state. They know it. right-to-work creates good incentives. Unions um, can still organize in a right-to-work state, but they can't force workers to pay dues. Um, so they're, they're, they're really going to only come in when it's, when it's really necessary and in the workers' interest as opposed to just in the union's interest where they know, look, we've got to do whatever we can to get in power because we can just force all these people to pay once we get in. Um, so, you know, and, and all those states... Uh, very much their right-to-work law is on the ballot, um, and, and not necessarily because the state is going to repeal it, uh, but because, as we talked about, um, one of the, the key planks in um, Joe Biden's uh, platform, and in a lot of um, you know Senate candidates, obviously the Senate, we're going to see where that ends up after this election, but the, the PRO Act has 40 co-sponsors currently. Um, there's probably a few more Democrats who would vote for it, even if they uh, for electoral reasons, haven't signed on as co-sponsors yet. Um, and depending the outcome, Chuck Schumer has made that a top priority um, if he takes power. Uh, I, I have little doubt that he would uh, be, you know, be all in favor of, of abolishing the, the filibuster for legislation uh, to get that because, you know, that would be huge. Oh, yeah, uh, he'd be off of and running for a hammer dunk. Hundreds of millions of dollars more every year that unions could collect uh, and then turn around and, and spend on uh, their political allies. So um, that's a big, the big deal. And, and you know, um, people uh, people should remember that if they haven't cast their vote, their vote yet, um, right to work maybe maybe on the ballot, even though it doesn't say right to work. All right, be careful, study hard, vote today, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, what other um, states are not right to work states? New York's not right. Yeah, New York, uh, New Jersey. I mean, basically every everything north of uh, Virginia and, and West Virginia up the East Coast. Um, Ohio doesn't have a right to work. Uh, we talked about Minnesota, Illinois, Missouri. Um, and then when you get out west, you've got Montana, Colorado, New Mexico, and then, of course, um, the whole West Coast, uh, uh, including Alaska. California, Hawaii, Oregon, so. Washington, they're all right to, not right to work states. Not right to work, yeah. So Utah, right to work, though. Idaho, right to work, right? Yeah, Utah, Idaho, Nevada, uh, Arizona's right to work. Um, that Senate race is, provides a big contrast because Mark Kelly, uh, Martha McSally, is a co-sponsor of the National Right to Work Act. Mark Kelly won't answer. We usually know that means uh, he's not going to uh, defend right to work. 
So um, yeah, some big, some big, uh, big issues out there. Um, and, and like we said, we talked about. Uh, I mentioned it as part of the the Pro Act, but California has this bill AB five, which is designed to go after independent contractors, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, people who have businesses where you know maybe they don't work for just one company. They switch between three or four companies, and they deliver things in their own free time, and they set their own hours. Um, and the California law basically eliminates all the opportunities for, for freelancing and being an independent contractor um, solely designed so that the Teamsters and the SEIU and other unions can go in and force those people uh, to pay union dues. Um, and, and spreading that from California where it's been a disaster, an absolute disaster, uh, it's all sorts of people moving out of California. And, and one of the reasons we see is they're freelancers or they're Let's say someone writes for a site, and if they once they write, I forget the exact number, but 20 articles for one particular website, that, that website can no longer pay them to do freelance work because they'd have to consider them a full-time employee. Um, and so that just doesn't work. And so you've got people in California, even if they're writing for a website based somewhere else, the, the website says, under California law, we can't hire you anymore. You know, we can't. We want to hire you to, to do more for us, but we can't. But, Patrick, this, this is this is going to result in gig economy millennials literally loading up the uh, U-Haul and rolling out of the state for good, isn't it? Well, that's already what's happening. And, of course, the solution, quote, solution, uh, you know, finger quotes, um, that uh, that the unions um, and their political allies have come up, come up with is make that policy federal. So make it for every state, and then people can't just escape California and go to Texas or Arizona or wherever um, they're going uh, because there's nowhere to escape it unless uh, unless you want to leave the country. And so that's that's their solution. Same with right-to-work states. The reason that they they can't stand right-to-work states because everyone's moving there. I mean, it's it's yeah. staggering. You look at U-Haul rates from right-to-work states to non-right-to-work states, it's, it's super cheap to go that way. But if you want to come from New York to Florida or California to Texas, you're going to pay four or five times as much for wow. the same U-Haul truck. I mean, right, that's the free market telling people saying how you know where people want to live. I know 27 states have right-to-work. 23 states do not. And I know to me, if you're in a not-right-to-work state, um, then you just need to simply pack up the U-Haul and flee that state. But what about population in America? There's, what, 330 million Americans about? What percentage or how many uh, Americans have right-to-work laws that apply to them in a, in, a, in, a, in a number of people or population? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I, I think it's around 50%. Uh, I don't, you know, um, I don't know the exact Does number. Does Texas but have right-to-work? It's roughly 50-50. Yeah, Texas and Florida would be some of the biggest states that, that do have right to work. And California and New York are California, two of the states that New York. Don't. Exactly. So, you know, you, you sort of, uh, and then you've got a lot of, uh, you know, smaller population states uh, with right to work. Think about, you know, the Dakotas and Nebraska and, and Kansas and Wyoming, that kind of, but then you've also got, you know, um, states like Rhode Island and Delaware and Alaska that are in the, the forced dues category. So, um, you got sort of a mix uh, numerically, anyway, by population um, in both both kind of categories. We're about out of time, Patrick. What do you want to tell America before the election, uh, either with regards to right to work, uh, which you're heavily involved in, or anything else you want to say to America? What would you say on election day, sir? Well, I mean, certainly everyone should vote. I, I just voted this morning in person. Um, it was uh, there wasn't too much. There wasn't a line. I felt perfectly safe doing so. So uh, that's that's the first thing. Good and, news. Uh, Where are you at? Think about the Constitution and freedom. 
when you when you vote. Yeah, hey man, where I'm, are in, you I'm in Northern Virginia. All right, in Virginia, and it's peaceful. Yeah. That's good news. Is everything boarded up? Uh, in Virginia, it isn't. Across the river in Washington D.C., it certainly is. All right, our prayers yeah. are with everybody, and I would submit to you: do not riot, ladies and gentlemen. Peacefully go about your yeah. business, would you please? Absolutely. Thanks, Patrick. All right, thank you. There he goes, doing a phenomenal job on your radio. Curtain seconds. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. We've all envisioned Election Day 2020. With all the information being thrown about by both presidential candidates, America will now have the final answer. If you haven't already done so, get out and do your civic duty as today is the day. Join USA Radio News' Tim Berg as he heads up our panel of experts election night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on USA Radio News. It took only 24 hours for Etta to go from tropical storm to a Category 4 hurricane and is likely to reach Category 5 as it approaches Nicaragua. Current sustained winds are nearing 150 miles an hour. Flooding, landslides, nearly three feet of rain in portions of Central America can be expected through the week before the projection of Hurricane Etta moves back into the Caribbean, making a U-turn through Guatemala and Belize. USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change, not like this, not since I've been on Balance of Nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I'd have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time, and I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50. And, you know, your body starts wearing down. But now with nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Today is the general election for America 2020. I chose Western Pennsylvania for my first stop as a candidate, and now for my last stop before Election Day. Because you represent the backbone of this country. Hard-working families. We win Pennsylvania, we win the whole deal. He's, I am a man from Scranton. I'm from, he left at nine years old. Biden's plan to ban fracking is an economic death sentence for Pennsylvania. Biden's energy shutdown will wipe out your jobs, decimate your towns, eliminate your factories, and send your state into a nightmare of crippling poverty. Polls will close at different times in different states. The earliest is Indiana and Kentucky. They will close at 6 p.m. local time. The latest is Iowa, New York, and North Dakota as they close at 9 p.m. local time. Be sure to join Team USA Radio News for our election results broadcast. Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on USA Radio News. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, we want to thank you for your participation, for your uh, traveling alongside wherever you 
are on the ride. If maybe you're in your kitchen, maybe you're on your big truck driving down the road, maybe you're, well, anyway, wherever you are, we appreciate you being alongside. And, maybe you're um, standing in a massive vote line, ladies and gentlemen, and you got your earpiece in and you're listening to the LovingLiberty.net phone app for iPhone and Android. Maybe you're doing that, Kurt. Good point. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of ways. I was talking to uh, someone just um, recently about um, how they could just, um, you know, they were telling me they listened to podcasts, and I said, well, do you, uh, you know, have you ever tried ours? And they said, well, no, but, you know, so they went and uh, found it on the Apple, you know, app or whatever it is and found it there and made it so that they could get the uh, podcast, you know. Got to dig it. Yeah. You've got it all figured out there, Sam. Nice work. Uh, the headline that we're going to next says, Texas billionaire Bob Brockman charged with biggest tax evasion case in U.S. history. Feds say losses total $2 billion. Subheadline, the charges were announced by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Question I got for you, Sam, is you ever heard of this billionaire Bob Brockman? No, but if he donated, I'd know him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, By the way, there's going to be an incredible uh, fundraiser. It all starts now on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and the fundraiser is to raise money for our adventures going on uh, for 2021. There's a lot of places we'd like to go. We'd like to go to the uh, convention, Republican or a Democrat convention, if we could, and get in and see if we can't broadcast live from there. We've got some unique things. I don't know if you know this, Kurt. Did you know that it's our 25th year broadcast anniversary for Liberty Roundtable Live? Well, I got the heads up on that from Nicole, um, and um, so I. Anyway, we're creating. That's a, how I figured it we're out. creating a photo album book of the chronicles of Sam and Kurt and our history and what we've done and everything else. And I was going through pictures with people last night and everything else. It's just tremendous, man. What's going on? I got a broadcast with me and Tom Deweese and Bert Smith. Uh, we were live there. I got some, uh, you know, uh, Sam and Kurt and uh, studios and different things. And anyway, it's just a tremendous thing. But we're going to be celebrating our 25th year anniversary. And you say, Sam, you always say you've been on the radio for more than 25 years. That's right. Because before we got that talk show rolling, we did some station stuff. And before that, we kind of worked and were involved in other stations and everything else. So we've been in broadcasting for longer than 25 years. But and when the show started, believe it or not, it was called Your Business. We make items of interest your business. Uh, kind of a thing. And so, but then we changed the name to Liberty Roundtable. Um, it first started out on a single station and then it started, you know, it eventually became syndicated. So there's a lot of transitions. It's hard to know exactly when you mark uh, time from. But the logic was that we bought a station in 1996. And uh, that's when we really would say, hey, everything's completely official. Before that, it was kind of a smattering of things and uh, etc. Uh, but so it's 25 years from that date is kind of why we're using it. And so we're trying to decide if it should be July, August or September. And we're going to invite friends and family and loved ones and have some events. We're going to broadcast live from some places and do some unique things. And it's all going on and it's coming up. And I just thought I'd bring that to your attention. But the point that I'm getting at is we're raising funds to print that incredible, uh, nice hardcover photo album of the 25 years in broadcasting uh, that we've had and some of the, the fun things. Uh, that we've done, places we broadcast from and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and we're going to be um, going, hopefully, to a bunch of different places, broadcast live. For example, we're working on a Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Convention in Texas. Uh, we're working on the location for that, but it'll most likely be in, um, uh, what's that town in Texas? Kurt, not Dallas or Houston or Austin or any of that. It's uh, 
It's about the center of the state. San Antonio is what it is. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. San Antonio, Texas. We're working on that. Kurt, you're, we're hoping you'll go to that with us as well. So we got a lot going on next year, folks, in 2021. Um, and so we, we really need to raise money uh, because broadcasting is expensive. I don't need you to fund my family in my, you know, in my Disneyland trips or whatever else I do. Okay, what I'm wanting you to fund is the, the cost that it takes to be everywhere and broadcast live. It's expensive. I mean, Sam and Kurt go somewhere and broadcast live. It's pretty much a $2,000 event, $2,500 event. And you could say, why is it that expensive? Because, folks, you got to, there's a lot of things you got to do. I mean, just even getting on a plane now. Well, Sam, planes are cheap because of the COVID. No, they're not. They're not cheap. And if you bring any broadcast gear, you got to check bags and it's, it gets expensive fast. And then you got to rent cars and you got to get hotels and you got to, I mean, it's expensive. Just say an average of four or 500 bucks a ticket for Sam and Kurt, there's a thousand bucks gone. You rent a car, it's another, you know, one to 500 bucks, depending on how long and where. 1,500 bucks. Hotels, anywhere from 100 to 200 bucks a night per room. You can say, Sam, you can get it cheaper. Yeah, if you're careful. If the dates work out perfect, you can, but most likely you can't. So you got to count on all that. I'm telling you, it's expensive stuff. Anyway, so we need your financial support. Donate heavily today. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. But the whole broadcast tonight, five hours plus Live coverage will be a live coverage event of the elections as well as a fundraiser. Donate liberally today. Sorry to digress, Kurt. Let's uh, jump back into this headline you've got. Very good, Sam. Um, so this one, uh, talking about this Texas billionaire named Bob Brockman, who I had never really heard of, but uh, they say he's charged with the biggest tax evasion case in U.S. history. Uh, Fed say losses total $2 billion. Nate Gartrell writes the piece uh, for the Bay Area News Group. Uh, I guess the guy's 79 years old. He's got a 39-count indictment. Um, and um, they say it covers a 20-year period. Uh, the guy, I guess he made big money in the uh, software uh, world, uh, selling software to automotive companies as the CEO of an auto software company called Reynolds and Reynolds. Uh, but they say he uh, worked to, you know, kind of uh, hide some of the money, et cetera, and that kind of thing. And so and now they've uh, got one of his buddies to cooperate and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I, I just look at it, and as I read through it, um, I think, just imagine, Sam, how simple it would be to replace what, in my opinion, is the most complex system with the simple systems that they were in place in the past, and that would be uh, tariffs um, by the federal government on uh, foreign nations as they they try to access our markets, and um, what's called taxation by apportionment. In other words, uh, if the federal government needed a dollar per person, they'd tell each state they needed a buck. If they need ten dollars, they'd tell each state they needed ten per person, and it would be equal. And no, and not having to deal with the federal government at all. So, anyway, uh, it's know, our prayer, ladies and uh, gentlemen, for appropriate yeah. change in America. And you know, sadly, we've got this system. The only problem, the only fly in Kurt's ointment, it would be so easy to move to it. But it wouldn't be so easy to get rid of their uh, attempts to control all of us. That's, you know, they can't Good control point. all of us if we go to Kurt's plan. 
But other than That's that, right. poor Bob Brockman and crew, you know, again, whether it's Bob, whether it's our buddy Ken Cromar, whether it's be Kurt's problems with the IRS, my problems with the IRS, everybody who's been abused begins to realize the what a racket problems. it is. The president's mm-hmm. problems, good point with the IRS. Everybody yeah. realizes what a racket it is, and you've got to stop these tyrannical thugs. They're out of control, folks. But even That's the Israeli right. top models are dealing with it, Kurt. Yeah, the headline from Reuters says Israeli top model Bar Raffaele, Raffaele, anyway, I'm sure I said that right, sentenced in tax evasion, um, and um, I guess they call her an Israeli supermodel, Dateline Tel Aviv, uh, says she's uh, sentenced uh, to nine months community service, and her mother was ordered jailed for 16 months for tax evasions on earnings from her international career. Um, I guess she did some Sports Illustrated stuff, etc., but... uh, Bottom line is, hey, just another um, little problem there. Uh, they find her 2.5 million shekels, if you want to know what that is. Uh, that works out to about 722000 each on top of the taxes owed. Um, they say that was uh, 25 million shekels or $7.2 million, uh, if you're keeping track of shekels, et cetera. Right, Sam? I just wish I had a shekel to keep track of, Kurt. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But I'll tell you who's getting the shekels right now. It's ammunition makers. I'll tell you that, buddy. Well, the headline from World Net Daily says, Arizona ammunition maker facing $80 million in back orders. Uh, Subheadline, we're working right now seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You know, Sam, I don't understand why there'd be so much call for ammunition. I mean, you know, it's just... Um, people shouldn't be all that concerned. Well, Kurt, when you have rioting right? in the streets, people are just like, hey, I, if the thugs come here, i got to be able to protect one's self. You know what I'm talking about? That's exactly right. They call yeah. it Ammo Incorporated. Um, and, um, well, basically, um, they're they're doing the best they can to keep up, but, boy, they have a lot of you folks. You want me to tell you how they can keep up better, ammo. Kurt? Sure. It's going to be contrary to popular belief, but it's going to be factual and true. Can you handle it? Yeah, take the Sabbath off. It has to do with the Chick-fil-A model, ladies and gentlemen, where they can do more business in six days than they can do in seven. And I I would recommend they keep the Sabbath day holy. And I bet you, believe it or not, even though it's contrary to popular godless belief, the truth is that if you work hard on six days and you rest on the seventh, I believe that actually gets caught up, Kurt. More orders. It would be delightful. That's our prayer for the ammo maker. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Yeah, so I say to Ammo Inc., go ahead and take the Sabbath off, get some rest, spend some time with your family, do some worship, you know, God, family, country stuff, and then, hey, hit it hard Monday morning, and I submit to you, just like the Chick-fil-A model shows, uh, resounding results about success, you can get more work done in six days than you can seven and i know it sounds contrary to understanding i know it mathematically doesn't work out but god says biblically try me herewith and see if i don't pour blessings down upon your head in other words you know what god wants you to prove him with it try it see what happens anyway uh, there you have it but people are wanting ammo big time and i can see why the army rolling out a new weapon kurt yeah uh, the headline reads, the U.S. Army rolls out new strategic weapon, colon. Soldiers are told to nap as much as possible in training manual because fatigue corrodes mission performance. Some of the subheadlines from the uh, DailyMail.com, boys, the Army has embraced soldiers taking naps, break, nap breaks in a bid to get adequate sleep as sleep sustains brain and physical health, hmm. Army released the, they call it the FM 7-22 Holistic Health and Fitness Manual to enable soldiers with training readiness beyond just pushing their physical limits. Uh, lack of sleep can lead to fatigue, which can then corrode mission performance. So there you go, you got to highlight um, this term, what they're calling it, Kurt. Uh, all right. It's right in your headline, me, buddy. It's called strategic it napping. Uh, yeah, that's right. Strategic napping. Good point. So you know when politicians, it's all about strategy, and they got to be very strategic. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is strategic napping. Now, Kurt Crosby, ladies and gentlemen, is an absolute doctor. Uh, a, a, a master of strategic napping, ladies and gentlemen. So they need to hire Kurt for the military, and he yeah. could uh, help them roll out. Roll out That's this new weapon, ladies and gentlemen. And strategic napping. There you have it. All right, thought I'd bring mm -hmm. that to your attention. But the honeybees aren't napping. They're getting after it, buddy. Well, that's right. The headline uh, reads, uh, let's see, where, there it is. Honeybee venom contains chemical that kills breast cancer cells in minutes, study shows. Now, Sam, I just haven't heard them talk about a big, you know, exciting news about 
you know, try starting to treat breast cancer with honey bee venom. Have you? I mean, maybe I've missed it. No. <laughs> uh, but somehow uh, the story just hasn't really gone very far. But um, anyway, they say a compound in bee venom can destroy cancer cell membranes within 60 minutes. Uh, venom from honeybees rapidly destroyed triple negative breast cancer, a type of cancer that has limited treatment options. Um, and uh, that's according to published in the journal, and I tell you which one is something about oncology. Using the venom from over 300 honeybees and bumblebees in England, Ireland, and Perth, Western Australia, Dr. Ciara Duffy from the Harry Perkins uh, uh, Institute of Medical Research and University of Western Australia tested the, vic the effect of the venom on the clinical subtypes of breast cancer, according to the news release, the venom was extremely potent. They said the study investigated the anti-cancer properties of the venom in honeybees and melatin. Uh, that's the active component of honeybee venom. Now they'll be trying to pull that out and put it in something. That's according to the published study on different types of breast cancer cells. We found both honeybee venom and melatin significantly, selectively, and rapidly reduced the viability of triple negative breast cancer. Um, Duffy explained in the release of the compound, melatonin also had positive results. We tested a very small positively charged peptide in honeybee venom called melatonin, which we could reproduce synthetically. Yeah, it'll be always better if they can reproduce it synthetically. And then they can make a drug out of it. And found that the synthetic product mirrored the majority of the anti-cancer effects of honeybee venom. Okay, hold on, let me stop oh, you. Hold you on, go, the Sam. majority? What does that mean? Yeah. All well, oh, but the part kills the cancer. Yeah, well, what, what I mean is, why do we need a synthetic? Why do we need to do a man-made version? And the only answer would be to patent, control, and charge us through the nose for it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I guess they say Duffy uh, also stated the type of bee was particular to her findings. Quote, I found that the European honeybee in Australia. Wait a minute. That's a European honeybee in Australia. Anyway. They imported those dudes, Ireland, man. Don't you believe in immigration, bro? Come they on. flew across. Ireland and England produced almost identical effects in breast cancer compared to normal cells. However, bumblebee venom was unable to induce cell death even at very high concentrations. Yeah, they were just too busy bumbling around to get the job done. They couldn't Bumble. get it done. All right, um, I don't know if it's the honeybee thing or it's the voting or whatever else, but maybe I got ADHD, Kurt, or maybe it's something else causing it. What do you think? Well, this headline says sugar, comma, high fructose intake may trigger ADHD. Bipolar disorder, aggressive behavior. Sam. So maybe that's my yeah. problem. Maybe that's why I'm aggressive and bipolar and ADHD challenged and such. Kurt, you think that's the problem? Well, you know, at least um, it's probably not an ad thing when it comes to your lifestyle. Um, but anyway, they say uh, Dateline Aurora, Colorado, University of Colorado's Anschultz Medical Campus say. Sugar intake may play a major role in these disorders and even aggressive behavior. Uh, the study suggests fructose, and they put in parentheses a type of simple sugar, and uric acid increases the risk for developing various behavioral conditions. 
Researchers find that this component of sugar in high fructose corn syrup tricks the body into thinking it's starving, thereby changing a person's mental state as well. Yeah, when you get that idea that you're starving, you're, you're kind of feeling frustrated and a little upset. Uh, it says, uh, we present evidence that fructose, by lowering energy in cells, triggers a foraging response similar to what occurs in starvation. Oh, yeah, you feel kind of like you want to eat. Um, and uh, anyway, the bottom line is... Bottom line, avoid um, high fructose. Yeah. And it, high I sugar like levels it. and stuff like that. Eat a little yeah. bit more of the honey. You know, do the new weapon from the stuff. Army, that strategic napping a little bit, and you'll be better off. I'll tell you that Good right point. now. I got mm-hmm. two biblical stories, Kurt. First one, school cuts Bible mm-hmm. verses out of planners donated by church. Why couldn't it be my decision or my child's decision to take it out, asks parents and others, Kurt? Well, yeah, think about it, Sam. I mean, uh, here's a, a, a church basically um, donating 600 day planners to the students at a middle school. And they were hoping them, uh, hoping to encourage them ahead of the new school year. A couple of passages from Philippians and Jeremiah were on the back of the planner. Uh, Channel 9, uh, that's WSOC News, um, there locally uh, basically said, uh, and it's in the East Alexander Middle School. Um, anyway, they learned that the school cut them out before giving the planners to the students. Well, but can know, I give like, the church a little bit of a hint, Kurt? Yeah, go ahead. Just quit back in the government schools and you won't have a problem. I don't know why you guys just have this incredible disconnect. It's like a brain fry. Look, they don't believe in God, and they don't like your stuff about God. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you do anything mean to them or that you persecute them. I'm just saying, hey, do your thing and let them do theirs. But if you're going to donate to them and you have Bible verses in there, they're going to take it out. They don't like you, and they don't like your God, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be offensive, but I am yeah, trying to really right. highlight the truth here. Okay, the this isn't going to change, Kurt. A couple grand to have the planners printed. Uh, the the uh, pastor said, um, you know, the assistant pastor, James Safford, said, we just put them back there for encouragement. We know the school year ended rough last year. We know coming back with split days, you know, it's going to be rough. But, uh, hey, the school district didn't want any of that God stuff, you know. There. But, yeah, Kurt, no offense. Are you surprised? Stuff. No, I'm not. Sam. All right. I'm not trying to be but offensive. I'm just I'm saying you, that's what you can. I agree. I'm sad. But you can expect that, folks. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, China doing the same thing as the government schools, right, Kurt? WorldNet Daily's got the piece. That's right, Sam. And the headline reads, uh, China orders Christians to stop believing in God. Subheadline, please shutter house churches nationwide. Uh, WorldNet Daily's got the piece. Um, you know, and this is the place where, you know, you got to get your, uh, you know, cool um, sneakers built and everything else. Uh, but anyway, the Christian Post brings a piece to us and says, um, you know, it's just not a safe place if you're a God-fearing individual, honestly. No, of course not. But the communist Chinese versus the government schools, listen, the government schools are based on the 10th plank of the communist Good manifesto. Point. So if you're surprised that, you know, your government schools are promoting communism, <laughs> you better go study its origins, okay? Exactly, Sam. All right, there's a new study out, though. It's good news, I think, Kurt. Japan, 
That's right. Sam, uh, headline reads, uh, well, study, colon, Japan's suicide rate fell in pandemic, possibly due to less work stress. Yeah, they say from February to June, the number of people in Japan who took their own lives decreased by 13.5%. Maybe it was because they didn't have anybody working to keep track of how many suicides there were. Uh, but anyway, uh, they say uh, bottom line is maybe that'll uh, work stress. Uh, they figure it out based on a lot of different things. Uh, the pandemic, they say, has reduced working hours in Japan by 10 to 20%. In addition, every citizen has received a payment of 100,000 yen. Yeah, it's about 940 bucks. Companies have received subsidies, and there was a 50% drop in the number of bankruptcies filed. So all of these factors could have contributed to a general reduction in stress and financial pressure for Japanese, which in turn may have led to the fall in suicide rates. We're not praying for the COVID, but we are saying, hey, there's some benefits of the pandemic, and there you have one of them. We'll take the silver lining when we can get it. That's for sure. Speaking of that, what's this kid from China, Kurt? Nine years old? Well, that's right. Uh, it says, uh, boy, well, anyway, it says, here's the headline. Chinese boy, comma, nine, can juggle football, do rope skipping at the same time, blindfolded. Keep working hard, young man. You could be China's next Messi. I don't know exactly what that is exactly. It's just Maybe like a promoted athlete person. to promote how communism produces the best people on the planet, Kurt. All right. Well, anyway, uh, and the uh, footage shows the child in Beijing performing amazing football tricks. The talented pupil has been playing football for two years at his school teams. He can complete as many as 10 keep-ups while jumping ropes and blindfolded. It was inspired by a Japanese boy who shot to fame for having the same skills. Maybe that's the messy uh, guy. Anyway, bottom line is, uh, well, bottom line is communist children stuff. under the eugenics program on display, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. All right, two hours in the can. I'm telling you tonight we'll be live starting at 5 p.m. Mountain, 7 Eastern. We're going to go as long as we need to get it done. Several hours, probably five plus hours of hard-hitting talk radio. Newsmakers, commentators, and more brought to the table. Hard-hitting, commercial-free fundraiser, libertyroundtable.com. It's going to be called Political Roundtable. Check it out, libertynewsradio.com. For Sam and Kurt, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republican. Donate today, would you please? (laughs) 